listening to Bros Let's Talk. Hey. Jimmy here, two-man crew today, the real bros in the house. How's it going, dude? Good, how are you? Good. We are going to be very... This is a full Marvel episode, actually. I'm not even going to say Marvel heavy. This is full-on Marvel episode. We got Avengers Endgame coming out in uh, just, what, 10 days or so? What's the date today? The 14th. 11 days. 14th. 12 days. Yeah, 11 days. 12 days. 12 days, you're right. You're right. So... Um, but we, uh, submissions for that contest we entered go through tomorrow. So we're just going to full on get right into it, plan our, uh, get our plan of attack together for the marathon if we end up doing it. So let's jump right in, dude. Shit, shit. Nicely done. I like that. Thanks. I wanted to switch it up a little bit. That was good. Um, that was really good. The big news that came out from this week, actually, as if anything could get bigger than Endgame itself, but they announced Disney Plus, which is going to be the streaming service, uh, which unfortunately is why all of the Marvel shows have been canceled from Netflix, Luke Cage right. and Daredevil and Jessica Jones, all those shows. So they announced that those can be six ninety nine a month. Which is pretty solid. It's going to have every Marvel movie, TV show um, that they've already made. It's going to have Disney animated, Pixar. It's going to have every Star Wars movie, every episode of The Simpsons. Dude, that was huge. So I didn't know that until yesterday when I was looking up, you know, stuff for the sheet. And and when you think about it, Disney doesn't do things on an impromptu. Uh, they, they don't just react. They they sit down. They're very cerebral in their planning and 
How about them going out and buying Fox, and now we'll have every Simpson episode. I think that's the longest-running TV show 30 ever. 30 seasons. On their streaming service. Like, that is just a power move, if I've ever heard of one. You are you're essentially... You're having stuff for, for everyone who's been alive for the last 60-some years, maybe even longer. Stuff for everybody. So you're not just competing with Netflix... You're going for their throat. Like, you're going for the jugular right now. And that's. Plus, they come in so impressive. low on the price point. Six ninety nine. Dude, that's what I'm saying. That's where Netflix and all these other streaming services started. And now they've slowly increased right. to where now right. Netflix is fourteen ninety nine a month, I think. So, and then I also didn't know that they own or are part owners of Hulu. Oh. Did you know that? I did Disney not is? know that. Yeah. Oh, so. Well, it makes sense that all the ABC stuff is on there. Right. So then eventually. I'm sure the Marvel shows that were canceled will end up on Hulu, and they're just they're they're just getting ready to take over. Netflix won't won't go under, but it's gonna be uh, there's gonna be a changing of the guard within the next, I'd guess, five years. So with this announcement, though, there's been a series of um, a slew of series announcements that have come through from the Marvel universe. Um, we're going to see a show centering on Loki, starring Tom Hiddleston, obviously. So that's going to be pretty sweet. WandaVision was announced last week, which is going to focus on Wanda Maximoff, who's Scarlet Witch, and Vision, played by Paul Bettany. So, And then they announced the Falcon and Winter Soldier, with Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan set to star. And then there's also talks of maybe Scarlet Witch, becoming a or um not scarlet scarlet widow or black widow becoming black a widow. Uh, a series there as well so um just right off the bat enough to get you excited about what they're going to have to offer because these are all characters that while they played smaller parts maybe in the grand scheme of marvel are, are pretty awesome in their own right and Alyssa and i did a marvel kind of mini marathon this weekend we watched um, the first Avengers, then we watched Age of Ultron, and then we watched Civil War yesterday because uh-huh. we've she, you know she's seen Infinity War like ten times now. Um, so we wanted she hadn't really she didn't really seen or remembered the ones leading up to it. So we watched some of those and um, like Age of Ultron. I forget how good of a movie that really is. Yeah, until so you watch it back again. I think I've, I've mentioned this on here before, um, but when I first saw it, I liked it. I was kind of disappointed because I didn't think it was as good as the first one. But when when the movies after that came out, and then I went back and watched it again, then I realized just how important it was. It's a huge how, setup movie to the storyline. Huge line. setup movie, yes. Yes, that's that's where I was going with that, a huge setup movie. So um, I, do, I would like to go back and watch it again one more time before... Um, Endgame comes out, but really good movie, really solid. And I liked it in the in the sense that characters like uh, Black Widow and Hawkeye and um, got a little bit more screen time and a little bit more character backstory, like um, yep. you know. And that's where the relationship with the Hulk and Black Widow started to kind of spark and and. Uh, I don't know. I just, I just, it was almost like a forgotten movie to me. To where when I, Agreed. when I was watching it through, it, it was almost like watching it for the first time again. And that's also really where 
a lot of the conflict started that led into Civil War. That's where most yes. of it started because yes. Tony obviously creates Ultron after they find that the um, I always figured the power was it the the thing that was in Loki the Tesseract was that what it was that was in Loki's staff. The Tesseract, yeah. yes. So they find that that the intelligence in that was like tenfold compared to what Jarvis even had. So they try to create AI, and essentially it becomes it, it takes the information in and doesn't like what it sees. So it tries it to becomes self aware. Exactly, it becomes self aware and tries to destroy the world. Um, and then that's how we get Jarvis created. Obviously, um, is because they see what happened with Ultron, um, but it it, it it begins that conversation of are the Avengers good for the earth or are they detrimental right. to the earth because they go around they and they destroy stuff. Exactly. And it's interesting when you look at the side that Tony ends up taking to where he thinks they should be regulated. It comes right on the heels of him not consulting any of the other Avengers, creating AI soldiers essentially and right. then after that, being like, "All right, well, we're restricted. We need we need boundaries." And then all of a Correct. sudden, Cap is like, "You know, what if we what if we're needed here and they don't let us go there?" Obviously, the the Sokovia right. Accords, all that stuff in in Civil War. But it's just kind of it's fun to go back and watch it in order and get it all in a row and consume it all consecutively to see how it transitions from movie to movie. So, and how about Marvel just being so on their game, keeping these movies? You know, running one after another, they're very cohesive. It's just, it's it's, it's incredible. It, it really, really is. is. It's awesome, and I'm looking forward to hopefully watching them all back in order over a 48 hour span in one weekend after we win this competition. Dude, that'd be so great. That really would be so awesome. So we might as well just talk game plan for that, just in case it comes to fruition. We need to be ready to go. We don't want to be deer in the headlights. Like when MeUndies responded to our tweet, but then never responded to our email. Still time. Maybe they're just getting to it. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm assuming we would try and live stream it some way. Yeah. Um, we've got webcams. Live and stream it. We would uh, tweet about it. Obviously, we'd put it on all our all our social media accounts. Um, I would prefer just knocking it out consecutively. Honestly. Same. Um, I'm talking think, sleepover weekend. Yeah, oh yeah. Hopefully 100%. we could get some nice weather. We could we could grill out. We could make a bunch of food. We could order pizza. Like we could do anything. But make it a long weekend. I would want to. I mean, I know this would be tough, but I would want to watch all the movies though. I wouldn't want to try and sleep through any if I didn't have to. Real. Realistically, I don't know if I would be able to do that. I would like to. I would like to say that I would be able to. Um, what I would like to do if I did have to sleep, though, was my initial thought was to sleep during the movies I don't like as much, but I would probably sleep during the movies I've already seen and know the most because I feel like there's so much I've forgotten about certain movies that either I didn't think were as good or I just haven't gone back and watched again. So I think I would go that route. Um, gosh, man, it, it's so hard because we would be so amped up like to have not only won this contest, but to be doing this. And then, you know, there'd be that crash of like adrenaline <clears throat> when you're 
18 hours, 19 hours in or whatever, and you're like, holy crap, I'm only halfway done. So I think that... Probably get some Adderall, we, if I'm being honest. All right, that's not that's not a that's not a bad idea. I mean, there's worse um, ideas. I think that we should we we would come up with a plan in terms of okay, let's try and go 48. If we're not able to, how should we plan ahead? Like, okay, I know I could do 18 hours, but that 19, 20 hour range, maybe if I'm starting to get tired, you know, where should I try and sleep? Like, come up with game plans for I. I I guess like plans B and C for, okay, if I do get tired, what are we going to do? Because I think it would be good to have at least a three-man crew always watching, always tweeting, always talking. And then if people need naps, we can kind of figure those out, you know, into them. But again, naps wouldn't be six, seven, eight hours. It'd be a movie. And then you'd, oh, and that'd be great. And then then we could videotape us how we'd wake each other up. Ooh, I like that. Like here's a nice bucket of cold water in your face. Here's a reaction. That's that. That's like the risk you take for the weekend. If you want to yes. fall asleep, you're gonna yes. get woken up in some obnoxious, obnoxious fashion. So yes, I'm thinking wherever if we're gonna do this here, we're definitely gonna have to put some plastic on the couch. Yep. Yep. Probably all over the place. For being honest, and I'm talking yeah. like straight middle school sleepover. Like we'll get like a hundred pizza rolls. And yes. just like chicken nuggets and taquitos and just yes, and just probably feel like garbage the whole time. So if we win, we should shoot back at me undies and be like, "Hey, we won this contest. We want to send over some pajamas. Sponsor this Ooh. event. We'll do it in pajamas for sure. Right, well, dude. We'll all get Avengers onesies. Onesies that'd be great. Yeah, so that's, we'll all watch it. Okay, great. so that write that down. Someone, um, someone listening, write that down. I'm going to write this down tomorrow when I'm listening. Perfect. Um, but, yeah. So, okay. There's our plan of attack for the contest by Cable TV. Yep. Which will be Marathon by Bros Let's Talk. Hopefully in the near future. So Probably. Probably. All right. So, we're going to focus. Like I said, this is a basically um, an MCU episode. We're, yes. we're going all endgame, basically, until we see it. Uh, two weeks from now, pretty much. Two weeks from yesterday, yep. we'll have seen 13 it. Thirteen days from today, and couldn't couldn't be more excited. Um, the only thing in the way is Game of Thrones, which comes on tonight. We'll have already aired um, by the time this comes out. Jimmy's not a fan, so we're not going to talk about it. But excited about that too. But we're going to talk. We're going to start. I'm excited for you because you're excited. Thanks, dude. I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. Really means a lot. So we're going to start with the villains because um, we're getting towards the end of this entire 20, whatever, what is it, 21 movie buildup or 20 movie buildup to, to Endgame from the first Iron Man movie. And uh, I figured we can, first we're going to talk about who we think are the best villains so far that the MCU's had. And then... I figured we can touch on villains that we want to see moving forward. Moving forward, yeah. So, let's start with um, existing villains. Let's just open forum. We'll just kind of throw them out there. Okay, so I had... Um, two of them were actually from the shows. Oh, okay. And I know that um, we're talking about the movies, but I went for the whole MCU here. I like that. Um, and 
mostly because I think of their staying power and their involvement in the MCU for so long. Like, for instance, and I, I don't think my opinion will ever change about this. Black Panther did Killgrave wrong. Killmonger. And, Killmonger, sorry. He had the potential to be such a great bad guy, and he was introduced and gone in one movie. And I feel like it was just such a waste. Now, maybe he'll be somehow alive or can come back to life or whatever, but I just... I was so disappointed in how great he could have been and how underutilized he was. So thinking of that, here are my top five in order from five to one. Um, I kind of slipped. Kilgrave from Jessica Jones is my number five. He was just so menacing and so just so controlling and devious and but charming. Like when you did you watch Jessica Jones? Mm-hmm. Okay, so like when you would watch him, you 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 hated him. Like everything he was doing was was wrong, but he was charming, and and you you liked him sometimes. Not liked him, but you you didn't mind him other times. And and to me, that just makes such a great villain, someone that you 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 just you love to hate. And I was so impressed with I forget the actor's name who played him, but. Um, I, I wasn't that thrilled when Jessica Jones came out to watch it, and when I when I did, I, I loved the show, but liked it in particular because of how good of a character Kilgrave was. Um, my number four is Bushmaster from Luke Cage season two. Because of his backstory, um, you understand again why he was seeking out revenge, why he wanted to do what he was going to do to the people that he wanted to and how he didn't even really care about Luke Cage. He would have left Luke Cage alone, but Luke had to stand up for the city. Um, so, yeah, Bushmaster is my number four. Number three from Daredevil, uh, Kingpin. Dude, just a bad ass. He would leave no person alive who was who had any kind of connection to him. No loose ends was the word I was looking for. Um, he would find anything he could on you to have you under his control. He had the money to do it. He had the resources to do it. And one of my favorite things about him is you would see him get his hands dirty. Like, he'd get pissed off and he'd kick someone's ass or murder someone. And his headbutt is one of my favorite moves, I think, in all of the shows and movies. Just this huge bald head come flying in, whack, hits you right in the nose, and you're all disoriented. And I think uh, Vincent D'Onofrio did a fantastic job playing him. We saw... A uh, nice backstory on him and just how menacing and how, I don't want to say insane because I feel like that's such a widely used word, but just how how devious and tormented he was. And he's just, you know, he's one of my favorites. Uh, number two is Thanos. We have seen him since, what, the first Avengers was that when he made his first appearance? Yeah, I think in the credit first at the end. Seed, yeah, so we've known about him for a long time. Like we've seen, we've seen little clips and we've heard about him. And again, his staying power was so great. You you empathize with him in uh, Infinity War. You know, you, you didn't agree with what he was doing, but you understood. You could see from his perspective, like why he was doing what he was doing, and he wasn't. You know, going around slaughtering people, he was giving them these painless deaths in in his mind to to save the universe, which is obviously wrong. But 
you understood why he was doing what he was doing. It was just the wrong way to do things. And finally, my number one is Loki. Talk about a guy you love to hate, who's been around forever, who you're never sure what side he's on. And Tom Hiddleston just does such a good job of playing him. You know, that there are times when he does stuff, you're like, oh, he's, you know, he's doing such a great job. He's, you know, maybe he's turning a stone here or, or he's, he's switching allegiances or alliances and then he's back to his old trickster self. And he, I'm so glad they're making a show about him. He has been one of my favorite bad guys. I was upset when he, quote unquote, died in Infinity War. We'll see if that, you know, stays true. But he's been my favorite villain so far. Yep, that was a pretty good list. I stuck strictly with the um, the movies. Okay. So I had Thanos as my number one. I had Loki as my number two for obvious reasons. Um, you know, on top of being just completely dominant and intimidating, um, Thanos also, uh, I think you've talked about it a lot, Jim. He <clears throat> He makes you, like, sympathize with what he's doing and almost feel bad for him even though he's doing all these horrible things and while you don't agree with what you what he's doing he makes you understand why he's doing it um, right. and to me that's what makes him such an intriguing bad guy um, Loki just because like you mentioned Jim you kind of you just love to hate him yeah. um, but you don't want him gone as frustrating no, as he gosh, is no. you never know where he stands you want him around because he's just such a good character uh, played awesomely by Tom Hiddleston. Um, <clears throat> my number three. Actually, hold on. I forgot where I put my list. Um, I had Ego from the second Guardians of the Galaxy. Planet oh, okay. Ego. Uh, played by Kurt Russell. For similar reasons for Thanos. Where it was he was almost making you um, sympathize with him. And when he was his human form... As Kurt Russell, he was such a likable character, and Chris Pratt uh -huh. and him, their chemistry was so good. And then I, I think when you really find out the evil inside of him and what he's trying to accomplish really just kind of uh, made him a really dynamic character. Yeah, he was in my honorable mentions. Um, and then I had um, Vulture from um, Spider-Man Homecoming. Dude, just because of so the twist in that movie was so awesome, and obviously Michael Keaton uh, did a great job. I wish I could see that again without knowing right it was going to be him when he opens the door. Oh, I know that would be that first time Ooh. was just um, it's just incredible. Yeah, it really was. Um, and then my number five. This one was kind of tough. I didn't really know, um, but I actually went with. Um, I don't know if I'm saying this right. Cassilius from Doctor Strange, um, okay, played by uh, I think it's how, I think it's pronounced Mads Mikkelsen. Um, but it was just that movie to me was so, um, just so interesting and unique from any other Marvel movie that they had done, where it had this almost Inception like feel to it, uh -huh. um, and then. Benedict Cumberbatch is one of those just perfect castings as Doctor Strange. And then so this guy was just a worthy adversary on the other side. And then the way that they had his those lines, like burning lines underneath his eyes, where he was just really kind of creepy and intimidating. Um, yep. So I don't know. I just thought he always was one that stood out to me. And I know 
would probably a little bit out of the box choice, but um, you know, Marvel has had I feel like a couple really good villains and then a couple just kind of eh, you know, almost filler villains leading up to yeah. the big ones. For sure, yeah. I mean, every villain can't be you know the best villain, so that's that's understandable. Right. Um, do you have any honorable mentions or? Um, just the one I just said. That was that was pretty much it. Um, how about you? Let's see. I had um. Hold on. I thought Hela was good in Thor Ragnarok. Um, her her storyline was kind of boring. Um, uh-huh. but like her as a character, um. I thought that I liked Ultron, you know, after watching Age of Ultron, um, I thought that he was, um, you know, because of his importance to the storyline, um, I thought it was good. And then, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. All right. So let's talk future villains. Um, there's some obvious ones, I feel like now that. They have the MC or uh, the MCU has Fantastic Four. I think a good Doctor Doom could do wonders for. He's on my list. Um, any series that they involve him with, it could be you know obviously the Fantastic Four, but the Guardians. I mean, any space related. I would one. I would like to see him with Spider Man. Yeah. Ooh. I think that'd be really. Speaking cool. of Spider Man, the Green Goblin, Norman Osborn, a good. Yep. Marvel. I still want to see Venom and Carnage. Me too. In the MCU. On my list. Um, just because that's that's where they belong, and I know they would do such a good job with it. Um, I would like to see Bullseye whenever Daredevil gets resurrected. Yes. Yeah, because Colin Farrell, um, Bullseye, is not not a good memory that everyone no. really has. Um, <sighs> I would also like to see Red Hulk. Ooh. Oh, I also heard, by the way, when we were talking about Disney Plus, I heard rumors that there's they're possibly developing a Hulk and She Hulk show as well, starring Mark Ruffalo. So, just Dang, that's Disney's what I'm saying. Just playing around. Um, Galactus is another one that I would I'd like Galactus to see them add in. Good, yeah. Um, with the Fantastic Four or Guardians of the Galaxy, any of the cosmic. Um, obviously, Kang the Conqueror is one that's been people have been talking about that one for a long time, but. Um, he could have um, Thanos type power and mm-hmm. um, intimidation factor. So there's that. See, this is what's so awesome to me about the MCU, and and people might get sick of comic book movies or whatnot, but not when they're done this well. Exactly, and there's just so much potential. Like I would love if they brought Red Skull back again too. I thought he that was would a good be one. so cool. Again, him, yeah, could have. I was so surprised when we saw him in Infinity War. I think he would be a great, great addition to the villains again because I don't feel like he got enough screen time and, and how good of a villain he really is. Right. All right, so moving on, we're talking about all things Marvel in this episode. And next thing we wanted to focus on was our favorite Marvel scenes. Yeah, I think I posed this question a couple months ago. Yeah, I think we have talked about it before. I think Andy actually brought it up. Um, and then we was it? we talked about it. Um, but it, it led to a good conversation. 
Um, obviously, we we're just talking about the, over the span of 21 movies, there's going to be a lot of awesome scenes and moments that come from these movies. So we just wanted to talk about some of our favorites in honor of the end of the end of an era, really. Yeah, it really it's yeah. It's gonna be kind of weird once this is all it. over. It is gonna be a little strange. So I'm just gonna start with my favorite scene I think so far, and having just watched it fresh, kind of re um, what's the word I'm looking for? Reinstates in my mind that I think it's probably my favorite scene, and it's the air airport fight scene in Civil okay. War, um, because it's just such an interesting dynamic as well to where we've spent the better part of at that point eight years watching these heroes in their separate movies and then come together to fight for the human race and save the world and then all of a sudden we're now seeing them fight against each other and use their superpowers against each other and me and Alyssa talked about there's like legit times in that scene where they like Tony is confronting Hawkeye and Scarlet Witch and Hawkeye shoots his arrow. He's like, Oh, I never miss. And then he shoots and misses. And Tony's like, I guess there's a first time for everything. Is it? And then all these cars start falling on top of Tony and basically smash him. It's like, okay, they just tried to murder Tony. They just basically launched 30 cars on top of him. And then another scene, Captain America knocks uh, like a freight car on top of Spider-Man. He's just holding it over his head, like about to get crushed. It's like, where are you yep. from? Queens, Brooklyn. He walks Brooklyn. away. But it's like they're trying to kill each other, which is just so, such a weird dynamic to think about it from because we're so used to seeing them band together. But um, I just think – But the, see, I don't think they're trying to kill each other. I think they're just trying to either hurt each well, other – Well, yeah, but those are things – No, they're not going to die. Those are things that could definitely kill someone. And obviously, Rhodey well, gets paralyzed yeah. in that fight scene. But – um, right, but but long story short, I just think it's such an awesome scene. The transitions are so cool. No one really gets shorted on screen time, and no, um, definitely not. It's just it was just uh, very well done. The Russo brothers are 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 pretty much the best oh, in so the biz great. at what they do. They really are. So, so th- is that your first? That's one? my first one. Uh, you can go with one or two or seven. I don't care. I have gone. That's it, I have five, and mine is, is very fluid. Um, mine, I think, is the is the whole Avengers fight scene in the first Avengers when they're saving New York. Yeah. And just, just the all-encompassing of the whole scene. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so well done. It's like the and best the moment. Amount, I, I get what you're saying with that. For, for the amount of CGI that was in there, it didn't look that fake. You know, like... The, when when you're watching the the DC movies, like you can tell it's CGI. Like, right. Obviously, you know this is CGI, but it didn't look that fake. And just, you know, you really saw them come together. Um. You saw kind of Cap fall into that leadership role, kind of take over. You saw Tony willing to make the ultimate sacrifice, which he was challenged to do when questioned on whether or not he actually would do that earlier in the movie. And it was just such a cool moment to see them, to see them all come together because they had tried earlier and it wasn't working out well, and their their personalities were conflicting, and and 
it, it just wasn't this like, oh, let's put a team together and now we're going to go kick ass. You, you saw the struggle and you saw how something disastrous needed to happen on a on a worldly level for them to to put their differences aside and to come together and, and to do what we knew they could do and it was just it was so cool because we had had such a big lead up to that and to finally see it come to fruition in the way that it did was was really well done and it's very lasting well i think my favorite part about that too is how fury ends up using colson's death um, as yes. the linchpin to kind of hold them together and bring them together. And they yes. use this just essentially normal human police officer or agent, whatever you want to call him, um, who put his life on the line to try and help them. And they use that as their fuel to to come together right. and save the world. So it was kind of cool. Um, Which was also a lie. Right, exactly. So, um, but t- I think it's... Uh, more importantly, the overall sentiment that um, you know they looked at that as 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 more reason to kind of go out there and put their differences aside and and think about the greater good instead of themselves. Correct. So yes, um, yes, just see, just like how they do stuff like that. It's so awesome. It really um, is so great. And that's the thing where where I I really hope that people who kind of bash on comic book movies at least take the time to see them themselves. Before just making an opinion based on, based on, almost a popular opinion now, where it's like a troll thing to do, where right. oh, comic book movies are overplayed, and it's like, well, have you do you actually watch them? They're pretty good if you take the time to watch them. They're awesome. Yeah, they are great. So I had that scene, not like I had like the kind of the roll around camera scene where it goes three sixty and they're all. The Avengers assemble for the first time when they're fighting together. Uh-huh. But I think you're right. The kind of all-encompassing fight scene in, in the city is pretty awesome in that movie. Um, my next one that I had was also... Um, I know I had Civil War for um, the first scene, but I just feel like that's just such a good movie. Um, and then these aren't necessarily in order. I just think... Uh, but the did when... when um, uh, Tony finds out that Bucky was the one who killed his parents, and he uh-huh. asks Captain America if he knew. Obviously, it leads to the fight scene, but um, just an emotional roller coaster of a movie where the two of them are at odds the entire time. Tony finally realizes that Steve wasn't crazy, and was and Bucky didn't do this. What happened in in this movie? But then, obviously, looking back and seeing that Bucky was the one who killed his parents. Um, and the fact that Steve knew and didn't tell Tony, um, and obviously it leads to a huge fight, which is what yep. leads them to break apart. And um, just such an emotional moment, but um, you know, with the two biggest characters from the franchise, and yep. seeing them go head to head like that is kind of um, it, it had been building up for um, the better part of two movies, too, even three movies. They never got along in the first Avengers movie. Um, so this had been building up over a few movies and then for them to kind of get to this point throughout the whole civil war where they're fighting each other. And then, and then for this to get brought into the mix, it was just, um, it was just such a, it was like an emotional grenade getting thrown into the mix where Tony's finally starting to like relax a little bit. And all of a sudden this gets, and that was the plan the whole time, which was what made, I forget, what is his name again? Um, the guy, the man, the bad guy in, um, in Civil War, the uh, the Sokovian 
um, dude who set all that stuff up. Oh, shit. I don't even remember. I'm going to find this real quick. So you can go with your next one if you want. All right. For my next one, I went with um, the elevator scene in Winter Soldier. It's Helmet Zemo, by the way. Helmet Zemo. Okay. There you go. Yeah, the, the elevator scene in Winter Soldier, that's my favorite Marvel movie, I think, of, of all time. Um, I, I was so blown away when I saw it. The, the, the comic book message, the, the political message. And I just think that scene is so cool. It's such a, such a limited space to do that much damage. And you see just how truly powerful Captain America is and... You know, you see him just just the internal conflict he's having with serving his country and serving humanity and right and wrong. But in the end, he always does. There's everything's very black and white for him. It's either right or it's wrong. And he always leans towards doing the right thing. Um, But this his overall power, the 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 fight choreography in that was just pretty incredible. Um, And that's a scene I've gone Actually, when I text you guys, I don't even remember, about doing our fight scenes, you know, yeah. for the best fight scenes a couple weeks ago, I was actually on YouTube and I was watching that fight scene and it just, you know, it was just so good to me. I, it's one of my favorites and of one of my, probably one of my favorite fight scenes ever, my favorite scene from the Marvel Universe. Um, I know I'm sure like people think it's cool and they gloss it over, but it's just one that sticks out in my mind for... A plethora of reasons, so I, I went with the elevator scene in Winter Soldier. Yeah, the next one was most. A lot of people might argue the best scene that they've ever done, and and I could definitely listen to that argument. But the snap in Infinity War, oh, just yeah. because of the lead up to that, um, Thor comes flying in with Stormbreaker, and yes. Um, yes. you know, stabs him and gets him, and you kind of think for a second maybe you thought it wasn't going to happen. Um, and then for Thanos to just be like, you should have went for the head and then just go Boom. for it right away. And then obviously what followed afterwards was um, was just chaos. chaos. Exactly, chaos. But just one of the most memorable movie scenes of the last decade, probably, if not more. Um, and just really, really well done. When you think about going back to talking about the villains... Um, what Josh Brolin was walking into as oh my as Thanos, the build up to that. I mean, Kevin, how do you say his last name? Kevin. I've heard it pronounced so many different ways. Phage is how Phage. I pronounce Kevin it. Phage. That's what we're going with. Here has said had um, said that he was going to be the MCU's Darth Vader. So to have that kind of pressure going into it, and to do as awesome as a job as as Josh Brolin did, and will probably continue to do in the next movie. Um, yep. It was really awesome, but that scene in particular, obviously, was amazing. Pretty amazing. I couldn't agree more. It was awesome. Um, do you have anything else, or? Uh, I mean, I have a we could. I feel like we could go on right forever. So I'm just gonna list off some of the ones I had. Um, at the end of Iron Man one, when Tony goes, "I am Iron Man." Yeah. Um, Cap versus. Uh, Iron Man in Civil War when he says I could do this all day and they're just yeah. you know, they're fighting and, and that was kind of a paying homage back to is it homage? Homage? Hom- how do you pronounce it? I always that say word? homage. Paying homage. homage. 
um, you know, back to, to the, the first Captain, Captain America, America yep. when he's getting his butt kicked. Um, the the Nick Fury truck scene in Winter Soldier, I think, is great. Um, Star Lord and Ego fight, um, and then the Hulk versus Hulkbuster. I love that. Yeah, too. I had um, the scene when um, when you realize that Adrian Toomes is um, Peter's. Date's dad. Oh, dude, it's so good. Um, just having just watched it the other um yesterday or two days ago, I kind of threw this in the mix. But when Vision lifts Mjolnir in um Age of Ultron, um, is kind of when, which is kind of cool the way that they presented it because here it is. Tony wants to create this AI bot. It turns into Ultron, which turns into this evil AI robot that wants to take over the world. Um, they end up using the same technology to create Jarvis, turn him into Vision, and everyone is really unsure about it. And then Thor comes down to Earth and kind of starts to give him the seal of approval. And everyone's still a little bit unsure. And then he lifts up me and ear and everyone's just kind of like, all right, let's go. Like they know right away because they all tried to lift the hammer earlier in the movie. It was kind of a funny part and yep. and none of them can do it because they're not worthy. So it was like in that moment they realized, okay, this is an Ultron. This guy's worthy. And then they went out and they kicked ass. Yep. So true. And then I also had, um, like you said, the I Am Iron Man. That one was good. Um, I thought I had one more. Maybe not. But again, you like you said, we can tr- we could talk about this stuff all day. All day. There's there's so many. We could good have scenes. a whole episode dedicated just to our favorite scenes. Dedicated to just just to scenes. Yep. So, um, all right. Well, why don't we just move on to the casting call since we've pretty much exhausted all of the other topics. Nice brief two man show today. So. Cool. It's been it's been kind of hinted that we're not going to be getting an X Men with the MCU for a few years down the line at least, which is fine. I'm okay. I'm with okay that. with that. I've I've heard early rumors at like 2025, which is about six years from now, because they already have their whole right. next phase of movies planned and everything. Planned out, so yeah. they don't want to just throw it into the mix. So being that they just finished a another X-Men franchise um, or haven't even finished the movie comes out this summer but it will be the closing of an, of another X-Men franchise we've had two in the last 12 13 years or whatever yeah, so, so it's time to let that go away for a while right and um, obviously marinate um it's it, for me it was kind of hard because it's hard to cast down the road like that but i just casted with I went under the assumption they were going to be doing it like now with. Well, right. If if it comes out in twenty twenty five, they're filming in twenty twenty three, twenty twenty four. Okay, so they're starting to get their ducks in a row now. And again, obviously, this is a topic where we could talk about it for hours, and we could cast twenty different X Men characters. But um, right. for the sake of not getting really boring. I decided to just do a handful of the the big guns that we've seen in the, in the last two iterations. So we're gonna go with Wolverine, Professor X, Cyclops, Magneto, Jean Grey, Beast, and Storm. So one, two, three, four, five, six, eight, eight X Men. Um, so let's just 
I guess we'll just do one at a time. Let's start with the big gun, Wolverine. Probably the hardest one to cast. I went with Scott Eastwood. Ooh, that's a good one. I thought about that, too. I went with Joe Manganiello. Um, okay. Straight, just because he already much already pretty much looks like Wolverine, as is. Um, he's someone where, again, depending on like time frame, maybe wouldn't fit as well, because he's already probably in his 40s, I would say. Um, yeah. But... Or close to it. Scott Eastwood's a pretty good one, too. I could have done Tom Hardy, but I feel like I always pick him. Yeah, we could cast him for everything. For everything. So, so I just didn't want to do it again. But he is probably the best option, being honest. Um, well, it's funny because I was trying to think of, like, a similar, similar, like, trajectory as Hugh Jackman. And he's a British actor who actually did, like, musicals and stuff. And I was looking at, and then I I came to Daniel Radcliffe, who obviously plays Harry Potter, and I was like, oh, maybe he could bulk up. But then I looked, and he's like five four. Well, which actually Wolverine is actually really short in the comic. Books. Is he really? He's like right around, I think, that height. Okay. And just this jacked, small character. Dude, Sylvester Stallone would have been perfect back in the day. Dude, for that. right, fifty okay. years ago. So maybe like an alt- alternate option would be Daniel Radcliffe bulked up. Because he's super short. I'm, I'm looking right now. According to Marvel Comics, Wolverine is only 5'3". Okay. I'm switching mine up then. I know that sounds like a weird pick, but I don't know. He's, it was like a Hugh Jackman 2.0 situation. Because think, okay, 5'3", Joe Manganiello is like 6'5". Six, 6'5", five. Six, five, yeah. But but Hugh Jackman's 6'3", so you know he's portrayed as... All right, as... never mind. I'm sticking with the original pick. Daniel Radcliffe wouldn't be Wolverine. You know what, then, too? Then then Tom Hardy would make... A good one. Yeah. All right, I'm going Tom Hardy. Screw it. <laughs> <laughs> He'll just be my leading man in every casting call. For everything. Um, no, I'm sticking with my original. I don't want to be that guy. All right, let's do right. Um, Professor right. X. You can go first. Professor X, I had Terry O'Quinn from Lost. Oh, okay. Hawaii Five-0. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I don't know what else he's Pretty good. In. If you don't know him, look him up. I went with Mark Strong. Um, oh, I like that. What's his Merlin from uh, The Kingsman? Mm-hmm. But he always yep. plays a bad guy. Country Road. <laughs> yeah, that's him. He um, he always plays a bad guy. He was the bad guy in Shazam, I think. Um, yes, which I still but haven't seen. I'm going really good, like bald, serious-looking guy. So yeah. I thought, why not be a good guy? Yep. All right, All right. Cyclops. Cyclops uh, casting Andy. No, just kidding. Um, I went with John Krasinski. Ooh, that's a good one. I went with Chris Pine. Okay. He's more of a leading man. I don't know if he Love would some Chris he Pine. would fall, but I feel like his personality is perfect for Cyclops. Yeah, I like that. All right, Magneto. Daniel Craig. Ooh, that's a real strong one. All right, I know he was just in a Marvel movie, but Ben Mendelsohn. Um, oh, okay. Just a menacing bad guy. Great actor. Great actor. He really is a great actor. All right, Jean Grey. I went with Alexandra Daddario. Ooh, big booby Jean Grey. She was from, uh, what was that show that was good, then it wasn't? True, True Detective? Detective. Season 1. She was in Baywatch. She was in San Andreas. Shows her boobs in the first one. Wears a bathing suit in the second one the whole time. So I'd be good with that. Yeah, she's... She's typecasted. Yeah. Um, 
All right, I went with Emily Blunt just because she's awesome okay. and it's such a powerful role that needs like a really good actress. I feel like so. Yeah. All right. I like that one. Beast. Benicio Beast. del Toro. Oh. Okay, I switched it up a little bit. I went with Donald Glover. Um, wow. Because okay. I can see. I know that's a little bit out there. Okay. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm being a um, 2019 casting director. Progressive. I'm being okay, progressive. I like that. So I could just see him with like his, like his afro and his beard and like a nice suit and really smart all the time, and then he just turns into this beast. He's blue. He's a good actor. Yeah, so I could see that. All right, and then Storm to wrap it up. Rosario Dawson. Rosario Dawson. That's what I said too. No one else should be Storm aside from Halle Berry than Rosario. Dude, Dawson. Oh, that's so awesome that you said that. Also in the Marvel universe in the um, Daredevil Defenders series, yes. Luke Cage. Yes. Um, but yeah, oh, that's so awesome that we both had the same one for that. Great minds think alike. We could, yes, we, we could, do. we could totally cast the next X Men. Yeah, Kevin Feige and the WWE. If, if any casting directors are listening and looking looking for some advice, yeah, that's what we're here we, for. We got it. We're all over this. All right. Well, that's all we've got for today's episode of Bros. Let's Talk. It's been a fun one, Marvel. If you're listening, cable TV, if you're listening, we're ready to marathon these movies ready leading in Endgame. We're so excited for it. Um, but help us out if you're listening. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Bros Let's Talk. You can find our podcasts on iTunes and Google Play Podcasts if you search Bros Let's Talk. Or you can go to the podcast page directly at broslettstalk.podbean.com. For Jimmy, this is Pat. Later, dude. See you, bro. All right. Latest on the menje. Hey, goodbyes! <laughs> <laughs>